Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich Omis, episode 182. Hey, my listeners, I'm Hayut. And for the first time in 182 episodes, my interviewee told me, I don't feel like I'm climbing a mountain. Right now, I feel like I reached the peak. Or maybe I'm at the base camp, chilling out. Can you say the same? As entrepreneurs, we chose and control what we do professionally. But can you truly say you are doing your dream job? Or are you on a constant race to reach the next peak? I think it's a question worth asking ourselves. And in the meantime, let's meet my interviewee today. Joe Carlson is a software engineer turned developer advocate at MongoDB. He comes from the frozen tundra of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and yes, it does get really cold here, and no, not everyone here has the accent from the movie Fargo. Joe has been primarily a node and JavaScript engineer. He has been writing, teaching, and talking about code his entire career, sharing what he knows and continuing to learn about programming is truly the thing he loves doing the most. Joe Carson, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so happy you are here today. And we are going to have a special show. I already know that. I just shared <laughs> with <laughs> I just shared with my audience what you've done until now. And I would like you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Yeah. I think I'm a I'm a different kind of guest, I think, than you usually have. And I'm probably a little bit geekier than um, the most of your guests. I promise, though, I'm not going to bore people, though. Um, but sure uh, yeah, so won't. my name, I'm sure, thank you, thank you. Um, so my name is Joe Carlson. I'm a developer advocate, and I work for a database software tech company called MongoDB. Um, and developer advocate might be a new term for a lot of people, yeah. but... It's basically a fancy word for saying I get to hang out with developers all the time. Um, <laughs> I get to make cool tools for them. I write documentation. I speak at tech conferences. I make videos. I Twitch stream. Whatever developers need, I make that for them. Are you a developer as well? Yes. Yes, I, I am, was, and will be. Um, I still consider myself a software engineer, but I'm just better at engaging with developers. So I've made this my career. Wow, it sounds fantastic. It's a new, that's what, that's what we're talking about when we talk about entrepreneurship, right? Bringing something yes. new to the world. Oh, totally. What exactly does it mean daily? Or what exactly do you do? Yeah, the day to day. I know it's like all over the place. I'll go over what I did this week. Yeah, please do. 
So like on Monday, I yeah. spoke at a technical conference um, about a internet connected kitty litter box I built. Oh. And then I've been working on a new blog post this week. And then on Friday, I'm going to be streaming on Twitch with a friend of mine, and we're going to be reacting to programmer memes. Oh. <laughs> First of all, we will have the link to your blog. And Thank you, yes. Do you have any uh, channel in Twitch, or you're just occasionally there? Um, yeah, so I, I actually do most of my streaming at my company, Switch. I'm, I, I'm not like I'm full-time employed by this, uh, this tech company. But uh, yeah, it's twitch.tv slash mongodb. Um, but we stream every Friday at noon Eastern time. So we'll put that as well, of course. Love it. What are you passionate about today? What are you most passionate about? Yeah, I... Well, see here, I feel like it helps put in context in it, like why this is a role. Because um, it, it's like we do cool stuff. I get to like hang out with cool people and make cool stuff. But the thing about developer advocacy is... The reason I get paid is because traditional marketing doesn't work with developers. Right. I'm basically a fancy marketing they person. They hate us. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you can't send a pamphlet or a marketing email stream or a TV commercial. That's not going to work. They tend to be more skeptical, less willing to put up with that stuff. Yeah. Um, so what tech companies do is they hire people like me to make engaging content that developers do engage with. And we try to get them excited about the product that we're representing. So I basically get to do all this cool stuff. And I just, I happen to be using this cool database product that I love. It's, it's an awesome product. But yeah, I just get to like use it. But yeah, it's great. It reminds me in a way, it's funny um, that I said Guy Kawasaki before, but what Steve Jobs did with Guy Kawasaki, with his evangelist, it's exactly like that. Because nobody really cared about the Macintosh back then. So you needed some geeks yes. that love it. I think it's something similar. It's a new term. It's a new uh, profession. Yes. But it sounds great. It's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. And you're right. Like, I feel like, I mean, that's exactly right. Like, I'm, I feel like my goal is to get people as excited about the stuff that I'm excited about. You know what I mean? It's like sure. sharing that enthusiasm with them. And if I can get excited about a cool project, that comes out and I can get other people excited about it. So it means that uh, the company that you are working for is really uh, heavy technology stuff? Really selling heavy technology yes. stuff? Yes. Okay. What are they yeah. selling? Yeah, I won't get too deep into it. Okay. I don't, again, I want to bore people. But, okay. Um, so MongoDB, we're a publicly traded tech company. Um, you've definitely used our database without knowing it. It's super popular with developers. Uh, tons of companies use it. We've been around for forever. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things like if you ask one of your nerd friends if they've heard of our company, they definitely have. No one else has. <laughs> I'm so happy you said that. Now I have some topic to talk with them about. No, just kidding. There you go. Just kidding. No, uh, you totally should. Um, but yeah, we just make databases. So we store data in a special way that is different than anyone else. And it's way easier than other databases, which is why people love working with us. That sounds great. And tell me a bit about your career. Where did you start? How did you come to yeah. where you are today? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, um, I'm trying to think of how far back to start here. I, uh, Whatever so you I, want to. I'm with you. <laughs> Well, okay. Tell you what, let's get into why I got into programming. We'll start there, huh? Uh -huh. Um, 
so I started programming for horrible reasons. Oh. I first started learning how to program. Um, I started, I, well, so I went to school during um, one of the last financial collapses. Okay. Uh, not the COVID one, the one before that. Okay. Uh, but uh, anyway, I, I started learning it out of fear of not making money when I was a professional. Okay. Um, I was actually an art history minor, and then I switched over to computer science for fear of being wow. poor. Wow. I hate and I hated programming. <laughs> I, I was so bad at it. Really? It was so hard. Yeah, it was so bad at it. I still struggle with it. But uh, yeah, I did that for years. So actually, and I, I worked as a, an engineer and programmer for years and years and years, and I hated it and I was so bad at it. And it wasn't until I I ended up was ready to quit programming and I moved to Hawaii to become a surf bum. Okay. And I met up with some hacker punks down there who were just making fun stuff and making art. And they got me so excited about just making stuff for fun. Yeah. That, I don't know. It like changed the way I looked at programming. Wow. And I've been trying to share the joy that I felt ever since. Well, you know, I, I work with hundreds of entrepreneurs and startup companies. So obviously I did work with programmers and with some of the best or very good ones. And... I used to think it's something very boring, okay? But then when I got into it, I understood that this is the real good ones. It is so creative. Yes. It's almost like marketing. I mean, and it, it has to be about really understanding how people are going to use things. Yes. So uh, I really started to look at programmers in, in different eyes or different kind of glasses. But you do see yourself as entrepreneur, isn't it? Yeah. Because you're here. Oh, totally. I mean, so, and like, I should mention too, like, yeah, I'm not like a traditional entrepreneur. I'm not, I haven't started a tech company or, any, well, not recently. I, I have been involved in the startup world. I've worked for some startups. I've been a CTO for a couple. Yeah, it's, I've, I've been in that world too. It's interesting too. So like most of the like the the companies I worked for, like my customers for the products I was building were like for other business people for consumers. Um, this is the first role where the product I'm making is for developers exclusively, um, which is a totally different. It feels like a very different beast to make something like that. But I think you are entrepreneur because for me, entrepreneur is someone that actually bringing something new and creating something new from nowhere oh. and that's exactly what you did yes no i love that you created the whole world around being developers person or developers servant yeah. or whatever you want to call it and this is new so mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur is not only you know yeah especially not just living your nine to five or being a consultant it's bringing something new to this world. It's creating something new. Yeah. And you are definitely an entrepreneur as I see it. So I love that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Otherwise, I wouldn't, <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> no, you. So otherwise I wouldn't you... think you are such a good fit to the show. So You can't tell right now, but I'm blushing. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. And, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and I want to ask you, because yeah. you are an entrepreneur and you worked with entrepreneurs and you know this world, I want to ask you what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur that listens to us regarding how to build their business or mainly how to get to talk and get connection with their customers because I think that's exactly what you do. Yeah, that's interesting. You know what? I'm, 
I feel like it'd be best if I speak from um, how to engage developers' perspective because I feel like a lot of wow. Yeah, I love so that. like I mean that's the primary customer, and I feel like even if you're not your customer isn't a developer, most entrepreneurs are now engaging developers as either employees or contractors or building out a product. Um, all of the time. And like, and you it, have to learn how to appeal to them. And we always need we always need to go over onto past the yeah. IT people, which are developers most yes. of the time. So so please yeah. do. It's a great um, idea. Yeah, no, absolutely. So. I, I don't know. I feel like there's so many things that like business people get wrong about developers, but especially if, like for engaging them, I feel like, like, I mean, I'm going to go back to like selling to us doesn't work. So let me give an example. I get called by business people and entrepreneurs all the time asking me if I would be willing to join them for their startup. And it basically ends up with them just calling me and giving me like a 15 minute pitch without me like allowing me to talk at all about the product. And it leaves me completely unimpressed and uninterested in their, their thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like you have to engage differently. I, um, I mean, developers are more interested in like learning and growing and playing, I think. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, like the tech, like, cool, like you have an interesting product. Cool, you made some money. I most devs care less about your finances. I've never been involved with finances for any of the startups that I've been in, like, a part of. I just don't care. And honestly, I'd leave that to somebody who's much better at that. Like, I can help make a, I can help make an amazing product. Um, I know a little about marketing. I'm not a marketing person. How you, maybe someone should hire you if they need to, they need to market Okay, it. we'll do something exactly. together one day. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think, like, learning how to, like, figure out, like, what is they're interested in and it, knowing that that's going to be different than what a VC is going to be interested in or customer is going to be interested in. Yes, but this is always right. My definition for marketing is seeing everything from the point of view of your customer Yeah. because, you know, the money is in their pockets. However, developers are really different. And yeah. I want to ask you, what are the differences? It's very clear for you, uh, to you when you say we should just... Um, talk with them about what they're really interested about but we don't know yeah totally what are they interested about so what is the difference yo totally wow i don't know if i've ever like put into words what that might be um i think i'm good at doing it whatever oh, it is great now we can <laughs> use know. that this is a great <laughs> advice um but i don't know what it is let me see let's try to figure it out here um, tell me a story. Uh, well, tell me an example. Tell me an example of how you managed to speak yeah. with developers or what cool things you did together. You did so many things. What are you going to talk about or what do you talk about in your speech or anything else? Yeah, no, totally. I'm trying to, I mean, so my primary dev market is like JavaScript and Node. It's like the language of the web. But I... Uh, I'll tell you what, too. So, like, with my stuff, like, I'm trying to provide lots of interesting content for developers, like career advice, learning stuff, tips and tricks, that sort of thing. And I'm sprinkling in product information in there, too. So, like, every, I don't know, whatever, five, ten posts or whatever, try to sprinkle in a couple cool posts about something for the product my company's working on. But, but it's got to be a mix, right? Like, it can't be just a deluge of marketing and sales materials or else I'm going to be lost. 
I feel like authenticity is super important too. And I feel like that's what right. doesn't work with business people. Sometimes it feels inauthentic. It feels salesy. It feels like a pitch. It feels like a commercial. I'm not really interested in that. And no one's really interested in hearing those kind of materials, which is why it's important to like mix it up. I try to be like an authentic human being with like feelings and fears and anxieties and also talking about an awesome product. I love it so much. No, I think you're right. And I think authenticity does work. I want to tell you that what I used to do with uh, one of the companies that really talked with the developers, they do some mocking for unit testing. So it really was heavy stuff. And we found out that they really love comics, right? Dilbert and so on. Yeah. So we had a whole campaign more than one year, everything about comics, because once our social managers upload some comic, one fantastic drawing, And one of the leaders, one of the developers who was really the influencers, just shared it. And suddenly, we had thousands of thousands of developers getting into their sites. And at first, we didn't understand why. And then we realized that it was about the the comic. So you have really to understand what they are looking for. Yeah, it's a great story. It's, It's true. I put it, perhaps I'll put a picture of that. No, I love that. And No, I love that. Can you tell me your greatest, or if we are talking about authenticity, what is the biggest, most critical failure with customer that you had? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey or your journey with developers the most? Mm, let's see here. Don't worry, we'll talk about successes in a minute. No, 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 that's good. It, it's... um. So I've been a technical lead at several large tech companies. And I feel like a couple of them didn't quite understand my need to like teach and grow and help the developer communities out. And that caused friction with them with like me speaking at conferences or streaming, like before it was my full-time job. I, you know, I was doing it on nights and weekends and sometimes I'd miss work in order to go do it. Um, and it caused some friction with my, <laughs> my the companies I've worked for before. Um, I've also worked for small companies too, where I've like been in charge of the technical stack and you know crashed production, which means like customers wouldn't be able to use the site, oh. um, which is never great feeling. No. I had one where I crashed it. It was it was down for about four hours and I got let go. But you crashed it because it was too good or because too many people wanted to no, get into it? No, I wish. I know. It was my fault. It was like me misconfiguring, oh. you know, system files or whatever. But yeah, I got that one in particular. I got fired from the job after oh. crashing the site for so long. Oh. And that it like still hurts to this day, you know? Of course. Um, and it's something I talk about a lot because I want to normalize making mistakes, messing up and like growing from those. Sure, of course, this is the way. Yes. And now I want to ask you about one of your biggest or your biggest success due to the right approach uh, to your customers or something that you did right about focusing on your customers or talking with them and building relations with them. What is the biggest success you can share with us? Yeah. 
This has been an interesting year for developer relations. So traditionally, how DevRel works is you're speaking at technical conferences with developers. But obviously, with COVID-19, traveling to conferences is not a thing anymore. Right. Um, for me, it's been huge because I've been able to figure out how to engage on social. Um, so like... Right now, everything's online and you either thrive or die on your ability to engage people socially. Um, and this is going to sound so dumb. I don't know if people get this, but TikTok has been incredible this year for my career. Um, really? Just making Yes. Yeah, I, I spoke at my first keynote conference a couple weeks ago, Pen Apps. Shout out. That yeah. was amazing. But it's because of my work on Twitter and TikTok. I've been getting podcasts and yeah, it's just... Wow, I knew that about Twitter. I didn't think TikTok. And yeah. are the developers using TikTok? Are they there? <laughs> yeah, there's a very small community of us. We call ourselves tech talkers. Okay. Yeah, but we, uh, we exist. Right now, it feels like the Wild West days of YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, we're trying <laughs> really? to figure out. Yes. Oh, totally. Like, no one knows what they're doing. And we're all trying to figure out how to, like, use this new medium to, like, engage people. Um, and I'm trying to do it to like get them excited and teach new concepts and bring them back and eventually use our product. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's been it's been wild. It is. It has been wild. It has been wild in the online world as a whole. And of course, this year is perhaps the wildest, isn't it? Yes. Uh, it's a very strange year for all of us. You know, there are many reasons that or many factors that affect one's success and I'm sure there are many factors that affects why you are so successful with programmers however I believe that for each of us there is one thing that really helps us succeed and I want to ask you what is your one key success factor perfect um my one success factor I feel like it's like uh, what's the word it's gonna be like resiliency or like, uh, not durability, but like being able to keep going um, over a long period of time. So like remaining focused on a goal and like keep attacking it. Um, developer relations is tricky because I'm trying to influence a massive community of developers. Yeah. So like results are not immediate. Sure. And for example, like building a Twitch stream, it requires consistency over time. And how you, I'm sure you know that too with like a podcast, right? Like Building a podcast is about consistency over time. Right. And you slowly grow an audience. Right. Yes. Um, we're trying to do the same thing. Sure. And it, you have to be, keep attacking it, you know? Sure. I don't know. Obviously, I think that like the best entrepreneurs are the ones who can like remain focused on a singular goal over a long period of time. And I'm not saying you don't quit if it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Which we should. But I agree with you. You know, um, there is uh, one of the says that entrepreneurs, the successful entrepreneurs like to say that you don't fail until you quit. Yeah. And in a way, with entrepreneurship, it's right. In a way, if you've got something there, it will work. So, and you need to be patient. So I love this key success factor. And my last question, before I'll ask you what is the best way to keep in touch with you, my last question is my mountain question. Yes. And as my listeners already know, 
I've been imagining the journey of marketing, of building a perception in the mind of the customer as climbing a mountain, step after step after step. And then I learned that being an entrepreneur is even climbing much higher mountains than I ever thought I would. And that I never thought that my customers would. So at some point, I just started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed a mountain or wish to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? <laughs> and I did mean physical mountains at, at first, but then I allowed everyone to take it to the metaphor as well. So feel free to answer however you want to or whatever you want to. I think it's such a great question. I, I actually love that. Um, I don't have, I live in the Midwest of the United States, okay. which is very flat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the opposite of mountainous over here. Um, <laughs> but we've had, of course, there's other metaphorical mountains. Um, yeah, you know, it's, to be honest, I don't feel like I'm climbing a mountain today. I feel like my mountain climbing journeys kind of ebb and flow. So for example, I think, especially if I'm like fighting to get something I really want. I feel like right now I have my dream job. Wow. This has been the job I've been shooting for for forever. Like it's a job where I just get to like make things that I like and hang out with my friends and share things I'm excited about. But to get this job, it's pretty hard to get a job like this. And I think it's a lot of people want to do it in my industry. Right. Um, but it took years and years and years working and networking and building my personal brand in order to get it. I love you saying that so much. Yeah, and fighting. Really love it. Yeah, and I, you know, and like this is my dream job wow. today and who knows what my next dream job is and I'm sure I'm gonna have to fight a like climb a mountain to get to that next peak. Um, I feel like I'm at like a base camp right now chilling. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> sure. No one ever gave me this answer. I love this answer. You're at the peak now or the base camp and you're chilling out and you know yeah. that you know how to climb the peak. And for now, you're very happy with that. Yes. And I think you should be. And it sounds so great to hear that you found your mountain, climbed it, worked very hard to climb it. <laughs> now you're just enjoying the view. That's right. It's it's fantastic. It's a fantastic answer. I really love that. Thank you. Thank you. I just, just thought of that right now. That's uh... a... <laughs> but it came out like you had the questions before. <laughs> right. I wrote it down in my journal last night. No, 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 no. I love it. It's a great question. Very poetic. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. Joe, I just want to know what is the best way to connect with you? for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch. Absolutely. I'll go fast here. So again, my name is Joe Carlson. Uh, all my information is on my website. That's J-O-E-K-A-R-S-S-O-N. Um, best way to get a hold of me is on Twitter. And like I mentioned, I'm also on TikTok. Yeah. Um, so if that's, your, if that's your thing, baby, you should check it out. I got lots of programming nerd jokes for you over there. And um, Twitch. And then also, I'm just going to drop my company too. So I work for MongoDB, database company. So if you need any amazing database stuff, we got you covered. And we will have all these links in the show notes of this interview. 
including the Twitch one. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. So I want to thank you so much. You promised me it's going to be a different kind of interview, <laughs> and it was a different kind of interview. And I really enjoyed every minute of that. Likewise. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And take care. Bye. And bye-bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.